Hello, and welcome to the Right Good Podcast. I'm Dr. Krista Kralinkis, and on this podcast, we talk all things grant writing and nonprofit communications. So basically using writing to serve the greater good. And today we're going to talk about how to assess your success. Why do we need to assess your success? Well, when grant makers award you with funding, they generally see that money as an investment, an investment in the greater good. They don't expect a financial return, but they do want a return on their investment in the form of some kind of improvement made in the community through your nonprofit's work, or if you're an academic researcher, some kind of research contribution to your field. Now, not only is assessing your success important for your grant proposals and your grant reports, your organization itself or your research project needs to see how it's doing. And the tough thing is that it can be hard to measure how much good is being done in a community. So how do you know what you should be paying attention to from day one of your project and what to measure? This question is one that you've probably faced before. It's one of the most common challenges in the nonprofit sector, but measuring the impact and success of your work is an essential task, even if it is challenging. Knowing what is working well and what isn't will help you make improvements to your programs. And as I mentioned, many foundations want to see that evidence of your success They often require reporting throughout the grant period and at the end of the grant award period. And when you go to apply for other grants, it's great if you can show those success measures in that application as well. So in this episode, I am going to share some methods for evaluating the success of your work that I have used with both nonprofits as well as with academic researchers. Now, before I jump into it, I do want to say that not all of the methods I talk about today will work for everyone. The methods that new nonprofits use, for example, to measure their success are going to be different from the methods that nonprofits that have been established for many years are going to use. And just as a reminder, if you want even more help with tracking and measuring your success and expressing that in a grant proposal, I encourage you to check out Grant Writing Made Easy, my comprehensive online grant writing course in which we cover measuring success and communicating it in grant proposals in depth. There will be a link to that course in the show notes. So with all of that in mind, let's get started and talk a little bit about how to measure the success of your nonprofit's programs. First, let's start with the importance of being smart. Now, there are many ways and many acronyms that you can use, but I stick to this old standby. Honestly, not having SMART goals is one of the most common things that I see with my clients and with my students' grant proposals. So almost every single time that I get a grant proposal and they have goals listed, they are not SMART goals, and it's so incredibly important to make them as SMART as you possibly can. So what does SMART stand for? Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. These are all words that should guide the goals that you set for your organization. Setting these goals and writing them down is going to be a major part of measuring your success later, because if you don't have these in mind to begin with, how will you know if you've ever accomplished your goal? 
So when I say making specific goals for your organization, what I mean is that instead of using vague terms like good to describe something that you're going to do, you need to describe what you mean by good. What does it look like? So instead of saying that your organization will improve the community's health, right? That's the good. You need to get specific about what elements of health you're focusing on. Are you looking at their diet, their exercise frequency, their overall emotional wellness, or something else? Make sure that you are very clear about that. Next, making your goals measurable means including numbers. So for example, if your health program is focused on exercise, you should set a goal for the number of hours your participants will spend exercising. Turning those goals into concrete numbers will make it so much easier not only to know what you're trying to accomplish, but later measuring it. It is far easier to say, yes, we did reach our goal of getting participants to do 200 hours of exercise in this amount of time than to say, yes, we did make the community healthier. Next, attainable goals basically mean realistic goals. Of course, it's always important to be ambitious, but you don't want to set goals so high that you're never going to be able to achieve them and either get discouraged in working towards them or don't have something great to report and you can't report at the end of the period that you have accomplished your goals. So some things to take into account when assessing whether your goals are attainable are the resources you have available the time limits that you have on your work, and you should benchmark other programs similar to yours as much as possible to see what they were able to achieve in the amount of time and with similar resources that you have. Next, when I say your goals should be relevant, I'm encouraging you to look at your nonprofit's mission or your research agenda and make sure that everything you hope to achieve is one step on the path to the fulfillment of that mission or agenda. One way to make sure that your goals are relevant is by using a logic model. I talked a lot about logic models in our Essential Elements of a Grant podcast episode. So if you want to check that out, click the link to the episode in the show notes. But just know that the main point of logic models is to make sure that you think about every strategy, every action you're going to take in this program, what resources are needed to take that action, and what the outcomes will be. And finally, making your goals time-bound is also important. I've already mentioned time, but often the existence of a grant period is going to make it so that your goals are necessarily time-bound. But if they don't set a date by which you need to accomplish these goals, you can set several levels of these time constraints. So I recommend setting both short, medium, and long-term goals for your programs. Okay, now let's talk about deliverables and the value of measuring them and tracking them. So your programs and projects will usually have two separate types of results. One of them is deliverables. These are the actual things you produce or the services you provide. So again, deliverables are the things that your nonprofit creates or your academic research creates or does directly as a result of your program. For example, your organization might have a deliverable like the training of 300 people for new jobs. Another example of a deliverable is the creation of three new small business incubators in rural areas. Either way, these deliverables are direct results of your program or project. If you're an academic, this might be an academic presentation or an article, a journal article, or even a new teaching curriculum. 
Now, you'll see in a minute how deliverables are different from outcomes, which are actually the longer-term results of your work and are usually changes in the behavior or quality of life, or if you're doing research, the state of your academic field as a result of your work. Now, let's talk a little bit more about deliverables. They are those fairly short-term accomplishments of your program. There are benefits and drawbacks to using them to actually measure the success of your work. When you're setting goals for the deliverables your program or project will produce, it's important to think about how you're going to measure them. They will be so much easier to measure than outcomes since they're usually more concrete and tangible. But again, it's so, so important to be specific with your numbers. Another thing to consider when you're thinking about these deliverables is that you have the right inputs to produce them. For example, if you are planning to provide 200 hours of health education, you need to think about all the resources you will need to make that happen. Do you need to hire a teacher, design course materials, find a location to hold the course? If you take the time to think about the resources it will take to produce these deliverables, you will set much more realistic goals for them. You will also need to think about how you will measure them. It might be as easy as counting program participants or hours of courses delivered, but whatever it is, make sure that you have a system in place ahead of time for collecting and tracking these numbers. I'll talk a bit more about how you can track numbers later in this episode. Now let's talk one step up from deliverables outcomes. Outcomes are longer term than deliverables, and they're often changes in people's behavior or the state of something. For example, if your mission is centered on developing more environmentally aware citizens, then one of your outcomes could be reducing the average miles driven per week by members of your community by 20% over two years. The deliverable that might be behind an outcome like this one is to enroll 500 community members in your environmental education course, or to have a social media campaign that reaches 5,000 people in your community explaining the impact of driving less. Now, even though outcomes are longer term and a bit more difficult to measure than deliverables, it's essential to think about how you are going to measure them again and the timeline for creating these outcomes. Something I recommend you try is to set goals for different points in and after your program. You might try working backwards. So picture what your ideal result is or your ideal world. Maybe it's to create a community in which there is a 100% high school completion rate. Okay, kind of pie in the sky, right? But let's just use it as an example. So think about the timeline for reaching that outcome. It might take five years, maybe 10 years, maybe 15. That's okay. Once you've set this end outcome that you want to see, it's time to start working backwards. Just take it in increments. What do you need to accomplish in the community before you can realistically expect 100% of people, or let's say 95% of people to graduate from high school? You might need to encourage a change in the way students think about education or the way their parents are involved in their education or the amount of support they're offered after school. All of these changes are going to influence the outcomes of your program. But how will you measure, for example, the way students think about their education, how much they value a high school diploma? Remember, it's essential that you're able to measure these outcomes. So you need to either set up interviews or entrance and exit surveys 
Once you have these in mind and you keep them in mind throughout your program, it's really going to help you focus your efforts. And when you're designing these outcomes, think about which step needs to follow from the previous step. And just from doing so much work with clients and students, I don't want you to get so caught up in making these absolutely perfect. And until you start measuring outcomes, if you've never done it before, you're just going to have to go through a little bit of trial and error. Grant makers understand that as long as you can explain at the end of the grant period, why you didn't hit the outcomes that you expected and you know what, what stood in your way, what came up that was unexpected and that you had to deal with. And another thing you can do is if you're running into major roadblocks and issues that are going to keep you from accomplishing your goals and your final outcomes for the project, then I want you to go ahead and contact the grant maker. Often they have resources and support that you can tap into to help you improve what you're doing. Remember, they want to see you be successful. Now, many nonprofit pros say that outcomes are the most important measure of the success of your work and your nonprofit in general. Now, while it's true that it's important to think about the real long-term changes you're creating in behavior, habits, or thinking of a community or the state of your field, I would say that measuring your outcomes depends largely on the age of your organization. So for nonprofits that have been around for a long time, eight years, 10 years more, it's reasonable and important to think about outcomes. But for newer organizations, it can be difficult to measure those since there hasn't been enough time for you to do the work that really has far-reaching implications in the community. So my advice for you is really to think about what is feasible, set goals for deliverables and outcomes, regardless of the age of your nonprofit, but assign different importances and weights to them depending on how long your nonprofit has been doing the work that you're doing. Now, I want to talk about one more way to measure the success of your nonprofit, and this might not be something that you talk about in a grant application. It may not be a term that you hear thrown around in very many grant applications. It is very much a business term, but it's being used more and more in the nonprofit world. And this term is key performance indicators or KPIs. So we've talked about deliverables and outcomes, which are both good ways of measuring success. But another important thing to measure is how well you're working towards these end goals. This is where KPIs come in. This is how you can measure the health and focus of your organization as you go. I like to think of them as little progress checkups. Even if they aren't focused on specific changes, goals, outcomes, deliverables for a particular grant, They are measuring the overall health of your organization, which feeds into how well you can accomplish your work. You can think of them as just a way to take the temperature of your nonprofit. All right, so what are some examples of things that KPIs might measure? If your program relies heavily on volunteer work, you might think about measuring your volunteer base. For example, you can measure your volunteer recruitment and retention rates. You could also take surveys of volunteer satisfaction or efficiency. Basically, you're measuring things that are essential to the success of your work overall. Often, KPIs have something to do with efficiency, and when I say efficiency, I am talking about money. Your financial KPIs might be a bit bigger picture than just for one program or project. Since everything you do is dependent on the financial health of your organization, it's important to create goals and measurements for the financial side. So you might decide to measure the amount of money you raise through donations, 
grants and other sources as a KPI for that financial health. Now, there might be some overlap between that and your deliverables, and that's okay. Since your deliverables are steps on the way to reaching your ultimate outcomes, it makes sense that they're ways of measuring your organization's success in fulfilling its mission. Like I said before, one example of a deliverable is to enroll 500 people in an environmental education course. This deliverable is a step on the way to the outcome of reducing the drive time of people in your community by 20% over two years, but this deliverable can also be a KPI. It's important to keep track of these KPIs during the period you're doing the work because they will help you check your progress and make small adjustments on the way. For example, if one of your big picture goals is to change the way that people in your community think about health, you might check in every month or two on how the community is thinking about it, so conducting multiple surveys and interviews. If after two months of participating in your program, there is no change in the way they think about their health, you know, in the very specific way that you're going to look at it, of course, then you are going to need to make some adjustments to your program design. So it's an iterative way of doing your work. Now you might be thinking, all of this sounds great, but how in the world am I going to track and make sense of all of these measurements? Well, there are a number of online resources that you can take advantage of to track that data that you collect and assess the performance of your nonprofit. Only over time will these numbers begin to make sense. And then you can make yearly goals with your past year's success in mind and continue to make trends of progress year after year once you start tracking your data over time. The Data Playbook is a packet of information put together by the Schusterman Foundation, and it takes you through some of the best ways to collect data and communicate that data with your board and other important stakeholders. It shows you strategies for collecting interview, survey, and focus group data, and how to use data visualizations to maximize the impact of what you've collected. There is a link to the data playbook in the show notes. Next, GuideStar has a booklet as well that helps nonprofits design their goals. The booklet is broken down by the focus of the organization, and it includes general metrics and metrics for organizations that focus on things like animals, arts and culture, economic development, education, environment, health and wellness, human services, and philanthropy. I really recommend checking out this resource if you're having a hard time deciding what you need to measure to assess your success. Again, the link to that is in the show notes. Once you decide what you need to measure using this resource, you can also use another GuideStar resource to track your progress. All you have to do is sign up for the GuideStar Platinum and enter your metrics. There's a link in the show notes that will help you sign up for this and get started tracking your progress. One benefit of using GuideStar Platinum is that other people like grantmakers, donors, and volunteers will see your organization's goals and what you've accomplished to achieve them. This transparency is great for building trust with your stakeholders. Okay, two more ways to track your progress and success are to sign up for an online data collection and visualization tool. There are a ton of options online, and many of them are focused on different types of organization, but I'm putting the link in the show notes to a list of tools from Captera. One of the best options on that list is the Clear Impact Scorecard, which is not industry-specific. 
And finally, you can also use other tools to track your metrics, including Excel spreadsheets. Something I recommend if you go for this approach is to design your spreadsheet before you begin your program. Having all the different categories of data that you're collecting in mind and putting in any formulas you need to put in before you start working is going to help you focus your energy and work on the program instead of how you're tracking it. All right, wrapping up, there are a lot of different ways for a nonprofit to measure its success, as you've heard here today. I think it's important to use a variety of different measurement tools and to set strong goals for each program in your nonprofit. When you're measuring the success of a program, it's so important to set these goals for both your deliverables and outcomes. It's important to consider both details and the big picture. Besides measuring the success of individual programs and projects, it's also important to design metrics to track the overall health of your nonprofit. And there are so many resources out there, as I've mentioned, for you to easily do that. So if you're totally falling apart when it comes to volunteer retention, you probably will have a hard time being successful in programs that require volunteers. So that's why you need to design those KPIs that measure the health of your organization in general and in these areas. Finally, there are a lot of tools for collecting data and information. I recommend trying out a few. Many of those on the list I link to in the show notes are free or have free trial options. So you can try them out before you decide on one. If you'd like to learn more about really any of these methods for collecting data on understanding and tracking the success of your nonprofit, I strongly encourage you to check out our comprehensive online grant writing course, Grant Writing Made Easy. One of the best things about this course, in my opinion, is the section on logic models. Like I said earlier, thinking about these deliverables and outcomes in terms of how they all fit together is really going to help you find any missing links or gaps in your overall program design and methods for measuring success. All right, that is it for this week. I will see you back here next week. And in the meantime, good luck with your grant writing. Bye for now. 